Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I got an excellent question this week from Carmen. Listen in. Hey, Jessica. My name is Carmen. I'm a huge fan of Ghost of a Podcast. My question is around boundaries, but not so much how do we create boundaries and develop them and put them forth in our lives, but I'm still experiencing anxiety and worry and sometimes like self-doubt when I'm using my boundaries and when I actually like access them and utilize them. So I feel good about putting them into place, but I'm still feeling worry when I do. And I'm still having those reoccurring overthinking thought patterns, which as a result, heighten my anxiety a little bit and I feel on edge. So while I am using these boundaries that I've created, those feelings are still there. So I'm wondering, is that normal or do they go away over time? And this is just something I have to get used to, um, the newness of, you know, using boundaries and having them. Or could I be creatively like working with them? I don't really want to just like ignore them because I think that causes them to grow. But yeah, what do you have to say about that? I was born on April 5th, 1995 in Burlington, Vermont at 3.28 p.m. Carmen, I absolutely love this question because, you know, I talk about boundaries all the damn time. I love to talk about having healthy and self-appropriate boundaries in my work, if you read my work, and certainly when I give readings. But having boundaries (laughs) is just the beginning. Implementing, maintaining boundaries. Now, that is really hard work. And so my answer to your questions is yes, maybe yes. And I shall explain in greater detail. So the thing about being able to assert a boundary is that it requires, first of all, that you know what your limit, need, preference is, right? So once you've done the work, as it sounds like you've done, Carmen, of being able to identify what your limitation is, then you've got to verbally say it in a clear way. Now, if you're feeling anxious as you're doing that, if you're feeling obsessive or nervous about it after you've done it, that may mean a couple of things. It is very possible that what you have said is a boundary that is adjacent to your actual need or limit. That is possible. As we figure out how to assert boundaries, what often happens in life is you realize that maybe what you said was off center of exactly what it is you meant. And that's just, it's part of being a person. And sometimes it is that anxiety or unrest is really a sign from your insights to look at what you're doing. Also, sometimes it's not. So step one is to really look at, you know, is what you've asserted something that you feel clean and clear about? If it is, then your anxiety is about something else. And this is what I think happens for most of us most of the time, is we set our limit and our boundary, and then we start to freak out. What is the other person going to think? What is the other person going to need? What's going to happen next? When you are clear about what your limits and needs are, then whatever happens next, you are responsible for ouch, a good reason to be passive and to not tell people what you're actually thinking, what you're actually feeling, what you actually need is so that you're not responsible for your own life. Now, I know that sounds like I'm being sarcastic, which I often am, but that's actually not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that it's easy to want to stay not the bad guy, not the responsible one. And it's a really terrible habit 
too. Because when we don't exercise agency in our lives, then sure, it's not your fault when things do or don't happen the way you want. But also, it's your life either way, right? It's your life either way. And so when you take on greater responsibility for the way things are going, it's scary. And in terms of will that fear, will that anxiety go away over the course of time? Eh, Maybe, maybe it will if you practice really good boundaries with yourself around those anxieties. And maybe that'll always be part of the process. The truth is, my friends, most people do not have healthy boundaries. Most people do not have consistently healthy boundaries. And there's a reason for it. It's because when you assert a healthy boundary in a clear way to someone else, that someone else may not like you for it. They may not respect your boundary. Having healthy boundaries does not mean you get your needs met. It does not mean people like you or agree with you. No, it does not. If it did, we would all have healthy boundaries. It would just be such a wonderful, obvious thing to do that we would all be compelled to do it. But if you say, oh, hey, I don't actually have time to hang out even though we haven't seen each other all week because I need to go home and take care of myself. And your bestie is like, you know what? That hurts my feelings. I hang out with you all the time, even when I need alone time. What they're basically saying is I don't have healthy boundaries. Why do you get them? And it's not that people are mean. Hey, actually, sometimes people are mean. Often it's that when we're not taking care of ourselves in consistent ways, when someone else starts to take care of themselves, it feels threatening. It feels selfish or mean or rude. And that's not because it necessarily is, but it is often because it doesn't make sense to that person, right? And so when you start to assert your boundaries, you end up risking upsetting the apple cart within your relationships. And that's scary. So that's a good reason to be anxious and nervous. All of these things are part of life. And to a certain extent, I think whenever we assert a a limit or a boundary to someone else, we're taking a risk. There's always going to be some amount of nervousness or uncertainty associated with risk. That's okay. Where we can start to exercise greater agency kind of comes into the last uh, part of your question, which is like, well, what can I do about it? Because I don't want to sit around freaking out every time I do something that's healthy and good for me, right? Which is a really good boundary. And so this is the move. This is what I'm going to have you do. When you start to feel anxious, slow down, breathe, get really present and try to spend a minute. If you can tolerate three minutes, fantastic. If you can tolerate 10 minutes, great. It doesn't have to be longer than that. I mean, 10 minutes might be too long for you. I don't know. I'm a person who's really restless. So for me, shorter is better. For you, you might want to do a half hour. I don't know. But to sit with your feelings, the feelings of anxiety, because here's what we do. We feel pain, we feel anxiety, we feel fear, and we bolt, we run from it. But what that succeeds in doing is it allows you to abandon yourself when you're feeling stressed and when you're feeling uncertain, which means you're not getting the wisdom of your anxiety if there is any wisdom in it. You're basically not taking care of yourself. You're kind of being a jerk. So if you're going to assert boundaries in the world and with people, you also have to maintain healthy boundaries with your relationship internally to yourself. So sitting with feels is a really good way of doing that. Don't chase the narrative. Don't try to understand why you're anxious. That's for another moment. It's first about staying present, noticing wherever you're feeling the anxiety in your body and breathing into that. 
just staying with that. If you can practice doing this for a minute, for 20 minutes, whatever it is, you're going to shift the feels just, just enough so that you can start to deal with them. When you go in to your thoughts or your feelings and you're like, this is bad feelings. I don't want to feel bad. I'm going to change this. What happens is you engage your flight or fight mechanisms and they fight you or they flight you. Either way, that's not great because your your survival mechanisms, your flight or fight is there to keep you safe. So if you're trying to fix how you feel before you first sit with it, accept it, and show kindness to it, then you're not collaborating with yourself. There's rules and there's boundaries. Rules and boundaries are different things, really different things, but there's like a fine line between them. Rules are like an anvil. They're this thing that you drop. You drop it on yourself. You drop it on others. And it's rigid. It's heavy. And a boundary might be actually have similar content on the surface, but it's more flexible and it's more responsive. And so if you're going to be asserting boundaries with others, as opposed to dropping rules on them, which, you know, rules are necessary from time to time. Rules are necessary within certain situations. But regardless, the boundary with yourself does need to be somewhat flexible and responsive because you're a human person, which means you have tender, soft feelings and your tender, soft feelings do require tender, soft care. In addition to firm, consistent boundaries, right? It's all of it. It's all of it. It's not one or the other. It's all of it. So you're going to sit with your feelings. You're going to be present with your feelings. You're not going to fix them. You're not going to analyze them. You're not going to understand them. And then you can ask yourself, is there something that I need to do? Is there something that I'm anxious about that I need to do? Or do I need to just allow myself to have some uncertainty and some anxiety about this boundary I just asserted and what may or may not happen as a result of it? If you can come to the last, the latter, right? If you can come to the place where you're like, okay, I actually just, you know, I set up a boundary and now I need to just breathe and let myself be a little nervous about it. Then you can take it from an obsessive thought that you're chasing around your brain to, oh, there it is. It's, that's just like, it's like a fly in the room. There it is. It's not going to hurt me. It's not getting in the way. It's just an annoying thing that's present. And if you can do that, that is great success. And over the course of time with lots and lots of practice and repetition, that will become something that becomes less and less annoying and less and less ungrounding for you. It's hard to assert yourself with others. And it's hard to take risks uh, in the world with people. It's okay if you struggle with it. Struggling with it is actually part of maintaining boundaries with yourself. When we expect others to do more for us than we are doing for ourselves, we generally get pretty disappointed. So as you work to have healthy boundaries with other people, continue to deepen your relationship to yourself so that you can not only recognize if the boundary you've set is healthy and appropriate, but also so that you can deepen that relationship with yourself in a way that will allow you to know when maybe you've overstepped. Maybe you need to change the boundary. This is kind of, you know, it's just part of life. It's just part of life. I want to say another thing about this, Carmen, which is that worry. Worry is just part of being a person. And you gave me your your birth information. So I, I couldn't help it. I had to look, you know, I had to look at your chart and I see that you are an Aries and you like to like have a boundary, assert it, 
and have people fall in line and you feel fine and move on, march march on forward, right? Sometimes you get that. Sometimes it works out that way uh, because you have a beautiful grand fire trine between the sun, Mars, and Jupiter. Things often go your way. You do often make connections and they flow for you. There's a but though. Isn't there always a but? The reason why there's a but is because you also have a moon Saturn square. What this means in English is that you can be quite perfectionistic. You definitely have the tendency to be hypervigilant when it comes to your emotions. And so when things take time, when things don't go perfectly, you go into a very self-critical state. And this self-critical state is not all bad and it sure as hell isn't all good, but it does require greater compassion and patience than is your nature. And so all the stuff that I've given you advice about here today should be things that you can use over the course of your life. And as you grow and mature and develop over the course of time, what that process will mean to you will grow and mature and develop. You know, the same action from different stages of development is actually a different action. It has a different result. So Your work, really, Carmen, is to have patience for the process instead of worrying over how it is imperfect from the onset. It's allowed to be imperfect. It's just part of life. All right, my loves. I really hope that you send in more questions. You can send me your voice memo at ghostofapodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you want to just write me in a question, you can do that on my website. There's a little email form you can fill out and write out your question. And that's at lovelaniato.com slash ghostofapodcast. Thanks, y'all. I love you. Welcome back to your astrology corner of Ghost of a Podcast. You know, I love astrology. You you probably already knew that. You probably already knew that I love astrology. And the reason why I love astrology is maybe it's obvious, maybe it's not. I don't know. I love astrology because it is such a useful resource for understanding what you're going through, when, and why. And this is in particular important right now because we have so much happening this week that is going to kick up a lot of feelings, but not just feelings, consequences. And the feelings that you have are likely to be about the consequences you've incurred by your actions or lack thereof. No big deal, just action and consequence. So I'm going to break it down for you, but before we get into it too, too much, I'm going to say this. We have entered into Libra season, and Libra is a creative sign. It's a sign that is really all about uh, seeking balance. So it's not about being balanced. It's about seeking balance. And often the path towards balance during Libra season is diplomacy and collaboration and partnership. So that doesn't mean during Libra season, we experience those things. It means that during Libra season, or if you have a lot of Libra in your birth chart, these themes are deeply important to you and they're getting activated within your life so that you can bring greater consciousness, healing, forgiveness, whatever it is into, into your life around these themes. What is particularly complicated about this Libra season this year, and honestly for a couple of years, is that we have Saturn in Capricorn and we have Pluto in Capricorn. And here I go again, talking about them outer planets, but that's what I do. These two planets are are very heavy-handed, directive 
planet. And I have a lot to do with the powers that be both on a societal level, but also in your personal life. So, you know, it could be your parents, your boss, uh, restrictive figures, it could be your finances, it could be limitations around your physical health. These themes are really about the reality principle and the limitations you experience, whether they're real or not, and the resentments or guilt you build up around those things, around your responsibilities, around your limitations. And Libra doesn't like any of that. Libra is not about any of that. And so this Libra season, we may find that there is a bit of a challenge to seeking peace. And that challenge can come from a tension between what you think you need to do and what you prefer to do, what needs attention and what you would prefer to give attention to. Libra is really the sign that prefers to catch flies with honey. And Capricorn is the sign that is just super comfortable with using vinegar. There's a tension here around approach and content. And that's a big theme throughout this Libra season, in my view. So be gentle around it. You know, Libra can get a little evasive around difficult truths and Capricorn can be hella uh, heavy handed. So try to be gentle while looking straight in the eye, whatever it is that you know needs attention, but you're stressed out about. Hey, this week, is really going to hand your ass to you if you do not do that. So let me let me break down your horoscope. I'm looking at the week of September 23rd through the 29th, and we're starting on the 23rd. That's what we're doing. Uh, watch us go. Okay, so on the 23rd, we have a Mercury square to Saturn and trine to Mars. So Mercury is doing both of those things. Squares are challenging transits or aspects and trines are harmonious. And so the Mercury square to Saturn honestly can be pretty depressing. Saturn has a, has a tendency to bring up thoughts that are the glasses half empty style. We see what isn't working. We are meant to confront the very real limitations that exist in our friendships, in our relationships in general, but also in our attitudes and in our plans. So this is a kind of complicated couple few days to look at your plans, but it's actually a useful time to do that because of the trine to Mars. Mercury trying to Mars is activating. It is motivating. It allows you to be a little bit more brave and to get things done. And so if you can try to maintain balance, that nice Libra balance between judgment and discernment towards being critical and being constructive, this can be an incredibly useful couple few days. I don't know if this is unfortunately or fortunately, but it will be tinged by lots of emotion because we have this beautiful harvest full moon at two degrees Aries on the 24th. And so these transits kind of overlap each other, okay? And this full moon is just like all full moons, it's when the moon and the sun are in opposite signs at the exact same degree. That's when we cast the full moon. And this full moon is the moon in Aries and the sun in Libra. And this is really, a, in essence, a tension between me and us or me and you. In other words, what this means is we are meant to be really looking at what of ourselves we are bringing to our relationships and what we are kind of asking for receiving from our relationships. And the tension that exists here is really embodied by Saturn, good old damn Saturn. So again, we have 
this tension articulated by consequences. Regardless of what else is going on in your life at this time, this full moon is trying to get you to look at the reality of your relationships and your role in relationships. Something I'm always talking about in my work and I really, really believe in is we can't control other people. I mean, sometimes it's fun to try. Sometimes it's obnoxious to try, but you can't do it. I don't know. I don't care how good you are. That's not really in work. What we're meant to do is focus on our own homework, focus on our own selves and look at what are you consenting to? Can you continue to consent to somebody else's ways, whether they're wonderful or difficult in a healthy way and be true to yourself? All you can really manage is you. And this full moon is really trying to get you to look at who is you? What is you? What are you choosing? How are you using your agency? Have you given up, given it up to someone else? Are you maybe being a bully and pushing too much within your relationships? You know, Saturn governs lots of things, including fear and a kind of sense of, it's really important to me to know what you think or what you feel about me. And I want to maintain my reputation. And so there are so many things we do in relationships that we actually are just doing because we're scared or because we think we have to look at those things and be honest with yourself because what you resist shall persist. This is a time where you want to really take stock of your fears and what they are motivating you to do and see if it is authentic, see if it is wise and be willing to make changes. It's so important to be willing to make changes. The autumn is a time where we see like a changing of seasons, right? Uh, And here on in this hemisphere, we have a changing of seasons. It's a lot of things. It's beautiful. It's difficult. It gets colder. The days get shorter. And also it is a turn within. It is a turn to really look at, is the growth around me still serving me? Do I need to change it? Do I need to reorganize it? Let this full moon be a time where you really get serious about looking at your role in things and being honest about where your relationships are at. Now, that's not all. At the same time, Mars is forming a trine and a sextile, respectively, to the moon and sun. And again, this is great news because what it means is Mars is supporting us and mobilizing us to play. Mars is play. It's about not being so serious and and heavy-handed as Saturn can be, or so diplomatic and keeping things lovely and chill as all that Libra stuff can be. Uh, On the 25th, we have a sun square to Saturn exact. You know, it just doesn't feel great. When the sun squares Saturn, we tend to be really aware of what's not working. Energy can be low. This can be a depressive moment. And so what I want to say to that is, first of all, it will pass. Don't freak out. This is not the worst news in the world. It's a time to just slow it down and really look at what in your life is serving you and what isn't. I think a lot of times when people hear about these kind of unpleasant transits, it's easy to go into a state of resistance and be like, oh God, no pain, not this again. I can't deal with this, but that just makes it worse. What you want to be able to do is be like, oh, okay, so it's going to be cold weather. I'll just wear like my warm socks and I'll pack a coat. (laughs) You know, you just want to prepare for the astrological forecast so that you don't suffer for it or you don't suffer unduly for it. And if you do have to suffer at all, that you can make use of your suffering and get some value out of it. You capiche? You make sense? You like it? Okay. Then on the 27th, we have a sun trine to Mars exact. And that is a great, 
great thing to end out this week with because what this basically means is we can mobilize and make use of the insights we've achieved earlier in the week. Isn't that kind of cool? It doesn't always work out this way where we have the astrology being such a lovely story throughout the course of a week, but this week it sure does. You do your homework, hang out in the pit, you know, deal with your shit, and then you can start to make use. You can start to connect the dots and mobilize. Sun trying to Mars gives us bravery. It gives us uh, a sense of energy. And so the depressiveness of that sun square to Saturn, it will pass and it will pass into an energizing sun trying to Mars. This is good news, right? And what you want to be able to do is use it. And as I always say, the difficult transits really force you to deal with them. And the lovely transits are easy to ignore. Don't ignore this. (laughs) Make plans that are not just about chilling or blowing off steam, but are about mobilizing around the 27th, okay? And know that if you're willing to do the work and sit with your shit earlier in the week, you're gonna have a break. It's not gonna be forever come the 26th, 27th. So that's your horoscope for this week. I super love you guys. I hope I hope you find an occasion to love yourself and to treat yourself in ways that reflect that love. Honestly, you can't overdo it with the love. You can overdo it with attention, with indulgence, but not love. So pour it on, my friends, pour it on. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.